there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tavalon. Have a cup of tea, or maybe a frothy ale. The light, why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. He could not help thinking that traveling the ways was slack-witted folly, but when need called, what was foolish changed. Perrin, chapter 27, Within the Ways. Hello and welcome back. I am here with my good friend Tracy. I'm here with my delightful friend Amber. So excited today. And this is the road to Tarvalin. Today we have a homecoming. Dun da da da! I'm so excited. Yeah, I I know how much this storyline appeals to you, like the the things that are happening in upcoming chapters, and I'm there's so much emotion in these chapters. Uh, yeah, not gonna lie, I was walking the dog yesterday and got to a part of this chapter, and it's not even what. Well, You'll know when we get there, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was walking down the street like crying, <laughs> like a weirdo. So I don't know. Uh, these just there's just something so nice about coming back to the two rivers, and I, agree. I think I got emotional thinking about the TV show, even like mm-hmm, what it's going to be mm-hmm. like when they go back. And I know that we've talked quite a bit about how we think they're going to change Perrin's storylines a Mm -hmm, little bit for mm -hmm. this because in the show we don't really know if he has family Mm -hmm. if Layla was just his only family or not Mm -hmm. but obviously Perrin in our books has a big family and parents Mm -hmm. and siblings and cousins and it is just yeah and then oh You've got the Aiel and just some of the... It's so heartfelt. And going back and seeing the Alviers. Mm -hmm. Love it. Love it. Same. They were good chapters. These are my favorite chapters yet. And I know that's probably blasphemy because a lot of people like Ruidion. But there's just something so heartwarming and tender about these chapters that I just for a while I forgot that I'm in a fantasy series Mm -hmm. and it was just really laser focused in on this emotional little plot having to do with family and Mm -hmm. leaving people behind and coming Mm -hmm. back and Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. speaks to me yeah it's very intimate yeah intimate yeah there, there are definitely things in here that resonate with personal experiences for me, and it makes it so that I'm the same way, like crying at specific moments that take place. And there, it's a little rougher. And I mean, I've been going through the Origins book, the Wheel of Origins, or the Wheel of Time book, whatever, and it's definitely made me think about Robert Jordan as a soldier with. <laughs> legit live action experience and what that leaving and homecoming and change feels like and how personal this probably was for him to write too 
Well, yeah, I mean, maybe it's because I know both of us have lived in different places than when mm-hmm. we were born. And, mm-hmm. you know, you were, how long were you in on the West Coast? Mm, I think close to like two years. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, every time I come back to the States, mm-hmm. it feels like everything's changed, but mm-hmm. then there's still that feeling of like no everything's still exactly the oh my same gosh. like buildings right. go up buildings go down people move you know new houses but it always yeah. feels like it's the same place to me yeah some of those those paths are just home like i know for me like there are definitely certain areas of fort wayne that once we hit them i'm like my heart sighs and i'm like i'm home close to where we live like it's just this beautiful tree-lined street with all these beautiful houses on it and as soon as I turn down it I'm like I'm home I'm almost home I've lived off of that street so many different times now all your stalkers know where you live congratulations oh fuck you didn't bleep (laughs) out bleep out the name of the street (laughs) fuck I forget about that but yeah, like those return. And I mean, really, and this is actually a great segue for us because those pathways home are not always what we expect them to be. And we definitely have a dangerous path that has been chosen as their, their quick travel back to the two rivers. So first are- off. Yes. And I say, always traveling through the ways. So glad that it's quick because I do not care about the ways any longer. <laughs> Don't care. <laughs> Machin chin, whatever. Over like, it. It's a over broken it. record. My, says the same yeah, thing all the time. My inner saboteur <laughs> is much stronger than Machin chin. <laughs> You're bad at math. <laughs> Your voice is raspy. <laughs> you know, like, Machin Chin is like, oh, the blood, the meat, the marrow. And I'm like, Phew. I'm like, dinner yeah, tomorrow? Right. What are you talking about? <laughs> now I'm hungry. Right? Thanks. Thanks a lot, Machin Chin. That's hilarious. Chapter summary? Chapter summary. So chapter 27, Within the Waves. Back in the ways for all of the carefree travel you could wish for. Only part of that is true. Travel along the ways is dark and oppressive, and not just because of the behavior of Perrin and Fael. Things change when they reach the gateway to Minethrin, where a fight for their lives momentarily brings everyone together. Yeah, so how about this? I'm going to completely Ooh. skip over the parts of Perrin <laughs> and Fael fighting. What, why? Because it's really, I mean, it's it's not really even nece- necessary to the story. Nope. Not needed. Yeah. I bounced past it when I was reading. And I usually try, especially with like a reread, to be, you know, pretty focused about what we're reading. Mm-hmm. But in this case, I was just like, oh, I know what happens. This is, I can't decide if it's more humiliating for Perrin or for Fael, because what a shitty thing to do. So let's just bounce past that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Good with that. I actually, Mm. I think the meat and potatoes of this episode (laughs) comes from the Trolloc attack from within the ways. Mm -hmm. And of course, they're kind of traveling in two groups. Mm -hmm. 
Fael, Bane, and Chiad, and Loyal, and then mm-hmm. Perrin and Gaul in the back. Yeah. And we have this attack, and we've got Trollocs coming in close, and Perrin again becoming more wolf-like, you know, baring <laughs> his teeth and snarling and feeling this wolf brother pull this hatred of Trollocs, the Neverborn, and mm-hmm. he's, you know, I can just <laughs> see him, like, snapping his teeth in the wind at the thought. Right. And, of course, like, we get a nice, quick little action-packed mm-hmm. fight scene, mm-hmm. and Perrin gets roughed up a little bit. He's got some cuts and scrapes, and just when... They get to the gate to get out of there. Machin Chen pops up and of course starts talking about dinner and <laughs> ribs and saute the meat. Acrid souls. <laughs> I really like that. That gobble them down. Yeah, yeah. It just makes me hungry. Yeah, like I think like scalding hot grill, like. I replace the word souls with the word smoke, and I think food. It's, uh, yeah. Singing screams is the sound your bratwurst makes when it's <laughs> expanding. It ha- that that uh, exhalation has to make some kind of sound, you know? Yes. It's totally accurate. How did he know? <laughs> yeah. So. Uh. You know what? I actually just briefly want to go back to the scene with Perrin going after the Murdral because the thing yeah. that gets me the most on this one is him forcing his horse to do this. Yeah. I hate I hate this for the horses. I really I do, do. But at the same time, it's so it it's actually pretty impressive that Perrin's able to keep his horse under control go after Madral and kill it. I mean, this means like a lot of, I'm assuming, because I'm, <laughs> I'm not an experienced horse rider or anything. It's but, all in the knees, Tracy. Yeah, it's all in the knees. That's exactly it. Like, I'm just assuming that he's using like his knees a lot to guide his horse and how much Stepper trusts Perrin. I mean, maybe in the moment Perrin's not given a whole lot of fucks for his horse because there's a murdral in front of him but that part gets me like the the image of directing that horse in and making that happen they can't do that (gasps) they can't do that for the tv shows they can't bring horses in there that's true but i think it just shows i mean in the landscape of this world how important the horses are i mean of course we have Horses like Mandar, yeah. that's a war horse. But if mm-hmm. your horse isn't trained mm-hmm. really well and you don't have that good relationship right? with you, like you're just going to get tossed. Right. You know, and that's what almost happens to Fail. <laughs> she also has a really well trained horse, but mm-hmm. it's because, you know, she took a running leap out of the ways and you can't she do that. Have done that. Yeah, that's a bad, bad move. Bad move. So we can go back to like the exit of the way. Well, I now that we're here, <laughs> yeah, I really liked the description of just Gaul going ham on this fade mm-hmm. and 
how long it takes for the fade to just give in and die already. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's winding and wiggling mm-hmm. and Gaul is just like turning it into a pin cushion, like stab right. after stab after stab. And it's yelling and the horses are screaming and people are bleeding. And Fayil, I love this description of her. She's throwing knives mm-hmm. because apparently mm-hmm. that's what Fayil does. But my favorite mm-hmm. part about all of this is when Perrin explains that all of this is happening so fast and, you know, the Aiel are suiting up and ready to attack and all hell's breaking loose. And in this nick of time, this very small moment, Fail has neatly tucked her riding gloves in her belt, has produced blades and has been, you know, throwing them in rapid fire. And I'm just like, oh, the scene, it's so much action. Mm-hmm. I love it. Me too. It's good. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Also, I like that there is, of course, because it's Robert Jordan, the attention to detail on Fayil's writing gown because right. she has her divided writing skirts. And obviously, Perrin is like, oh, it, it would almost appear that it's emphasizing her bosom. But what I like about this is because we are slowly... Mm-hmm. getting to know more about who Fail really is mm-hmm. by the way she dresses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. This is a hint of who she is and mm-hmm. how she reacts to danger, I guess. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I see a very kind of statuesque Fail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In these moments. And I like that much more than the punching and kicking and yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Outfits are important in the series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then of yeah. course, you know, they leave, they get out of the ways. Mm-hmm. And Loyal is able to close it from the outside. Mm-hmm. So the way gate is still accessible. Mm-hmm. From the one side, mm-hmm. but he, you know, refused to damage it to the point where no one could use it because he's an Ogier and that's just how he rolls. Yeah, I, I actually wonder why he didn't just pocket the other leaf. Like, would that have destroyed it if, like, he becomes the caretaker of basically the key to the gate to Minethrin? They know Trollocs are coming through here. Like, if he leaves that other leaf there, someone else can just come and take it and use it, right? Yeah, I guess. But also, I think it's more about accessibility for other Ogier if they were to need to use it. Like, if he holds on to it and leaves... (laughs) (laughs) Does that mean someone's just stuck there? Like, what if the longing happens and they're just not close enough to home and they needed the ways? I don't know. That's my pessimistic, uh uh-oh, brain thinking of, like, what could go wrong? Well, everything, probably. This is the wheel of time. And, I mean, that's also realistic, you know? Like, that could really happen in a series like this and in real life where just everything goes wrong all at once so that's possible in my head I was like at least for the time that you're in the two rivers like just 
keep the other key in your pocket. Like, what harm could that bring? Like, they're only a few days away from the gateway anyway, so, I mean, <laughs> why not? But that's just me. Gotta think things through, Tracy. Gotta think You know things what? Through. Maybe that's my problem. <laughs> you gotta be more pessimistic. Like, okay, who could die? <laughs> current, current new way of thinking. I shall put that up in a cutesy frame on my wall. The real question is, who could die? Who could die from this? Seriously. Yeah. Well, and I, I like that. Even though for us, Machin Shin sounds like it's talking about a bit of a barbecue, it, it does shake the aiel. And I like that little detail because there's just not a lot <laughs> that scares an aiel, but Machin Shin. Mm. I mean, I imagine yeah. if you're there, it's pretty damn scary. Perrin's like, come on, Gaul, you can't fight this one. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> relieved to observe that Gaul had like quickly moved on his way like, yeah, right yeah good. good job Gaul good but I think the only other thing I had about this chapter is spanking is bad we don't spank women <laughs> we don't hit but don't also hit. Perrin Perrin cannot sense the wolves so there is something mm -hmm. up with that yeah 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 Yep. I don't think I have anything more for this chapter either. Do we want to move along? Let's roll. Okay. Let's do it. I'm excited. So chapter 28 to the Tower of Genjai. Perrin is puzzled by the lack of wolves in the waking world and decides to see if dreaming provides any answers as to what to expect now that he's about to return home. The world of dreams provides partial answers, but spits out new puzzles for poor Perrin to ponder. <laughs> nice use of alliteration thank you i figured you would appreciate that <laughs> also brigida exactly Brigida ah! and guidel kane i love it Ugh. i love it guidel kane the most handsome man of the series the most handsome shadow of the series <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the most handsome lump of the series I love it. I love how often that's how he is seen is just as like this distinctive shadow that the woman with the braid and the bow and the shadow with the two swords. It's like, oh, it's you guys. Maybe that's what makes him so great because he is not in the forefront, you know, mm -hmm. like we associate him with Brigida, like she's mm -hmm. the star of this show. He's just totally. in the background, the shadow, the the guy with a couple of swords on his back. That's him. Yeah. Geidel Kane. Love it. He's the perfect man. He's just <laughs> there hanging out. Being Doesn't supportive. Doesn't need to be the center of attention. Being yeah. supportive. Just like loving his gal. Yeah. Like keep it, keeping her on the ground where she needs to be. Keeping her protective. Protected. Keeping her protected. <laughs> Brigida doesn't need protection. You know, Look at her. I think what I mean by that is like, like she's doing something that she's not supposed to be doing. We're way ahead of <laughs> the beginning of this chapter. <laughs> I don't. People who are listening, <laughs> sorry. Brigida. You're going to have to deal with it for a minute. Right, <laughs> because yeah. Because it's Brigida. Uh, so like she's going against 
like strict rules of the world of dreams and Geidel yeah, King is totally yeah 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 rules, but like schmools. that's exactly how she feels that's what I'm like that's why like Every every once in a while, I need a Geidel Kane in my life who's like, you know what? That's great. Let's look at like what could. Here's the question: Who could die? That's what Geidel Kane is asking. <laughs> yes, yes. Who could die in this situation? And he's like, oh wait, I'm afraid it might be you. So hey, here's my shadow. This is my gentle touch to remind you you're valuable. Please don't do anything dumb. Like I think that's what I mean by like protected. Wow. This is the thing about Celeron Road that it just annoys me sometimes because it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, the rules. Mm -hmm. What about the rules? There kind of are, but there kind of aren't. Right. You know, like it's just it's like, what what is this place? We can (laughs) die here. What are you? (laughs) (laughs) What are you? Yeah. Like it's either. I don't know. Celeron Road. Maybe it's because I can't really picture it in my head it just looks like everything else but people can kind of like fly and stuff you know right like, yeah it it does nothing to me like it doesn't spark any type of joy for me for some reason <laughs> much like I the mean... ways much like ruidion i i don't know what my problem is i don't think you i mean i don't know like some this is the type of stuff that people love so i feel yeah. like there's I don't know what Amber, happened to me where I'm just like, What makes you eh. great is you don't love all the things everyone else loves. That's what I love about you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. It's true. I mean, it's one of the, I appreciate your, your viewpoint on certain things. It makes me look at things a different way. Like, if we all had the same viewpoint, it'd be so boring. We're like... Enid and Wednesday from the new Wednesday, the Adams Family reboot. I haven't, I haven't watched it. Is it good? I watched like one episode, so okay. I can't say or not. But okay. you're the girl with like, you know, pink frosting and cupcakes, and I'm like uh-huh. black eyeliner and shadows. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But anyways, to the chapter. To the chapter. To the chapter. I mean, really, like, that's just, Brigida is kind of the, the best part of the chapter. Like, it just, Perrin and Gaul are set up for, like, nighttime in the real world, and Perrin's like, I'm going to go to sleep and try to figure some shit out. And there's still, like, no wolves responding to him. Like Yeah, and he's like, you're going to have to pretty much kick me to wake me up. Yeah. So. In two, I don't remember, two hours or something. Yeah. You know, make sure I'm awake. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I guess, well, I guess that's the other big character added is Slayer, right? Oh, Slayer. What can I say about Slayer? A lot. But I'll have to wait until... uh. Right. I don't want to wait. I right. don't want to wait. Right. What if we just said F it and go full spoilers, <laughs> unhinged? <laughs> Would people like that? Would people hate I mean, that? I don't know. There, there are. Anyways. There are so many things we could talk about when it comes to Slayer because, like, I mean, Perrin discovers him peeling the hide off of a wolf in 
what he refers to as the wolf dream where wolves go when they die so then of course the question that's, that's not a red flag <laughs> this is a nice guy this is the guy you want to hang out with <laughs> oh, mm -hmm. what is he doing and is it he reminds Perrin of Lan like he looks a bit like Lan mm -hmm. so that's like a what the heck is a guy who looks like Lan doing in the wolf dream skinning wolves yeah but to be fair in the wolf dream people can look like whatever they want so right yeah there's been a lot of mystique shed about Teleronriod in the past mm -hmm. week or so and maybe we can talk about it later since we're in Teleronriod yeah cuz i don't i don't know how much Perrin realizes recognizes what can be done in Teleronriod so i don't know if he like nothing because he's terrible at it yeah yeah because i mean i don't think he re he knows he he could look differently he knows he can become a wolf but i think that for him that's just the connection to the wolves that allows him to do that when he's in Teleron remote and so maybe he doesn't know that there are other things that he can do yeah so yeah. he's chasing this yeah. Man, yeah. Slayer. Yeah. Hopper shows up and he's like, Yo, Karen, you gotta stop. <laughs> this is no good. You're being dumb. Yeah. And we learn more about Slayer being there in the flesh. Mm -hmm. He's not asleep mm -hmm. and dreaming that he's there. He's actually there, mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. So, danger. Mm -hmm. And then I love how. I love how at the moment that, oh, okay, I don't want to get too far ahead because we do have to bring up the Tower of Genjai mm -hmm, because that's mm -hmm. kind of like why Brigida shows up because she's our clue mm -hmm. about the Tower of Genjai. And mm -hmm. is it, uh, fuck. <laughs> Shit. This all needs bleeped. Damn it. No way. We've been we've been saying Brigida this whole time, but it's not stated that it's her. Do we need to go back and bleep all of that? I don't I don't know. I mean, to me I don't feel like it's super subtle that that's who it is. Yeah, but she's not really named ever. I yeah. Don't know. I whatever. It's Brigida. Deal with it, people. <laughs> You'll figure it out eventually. So, anyways, she's the expert here on this mm -hmm. Tower of Genjai that has shown up, uh, that they've found, and we learn more about the snakes and foxes, mm -hmm. and Perrin is kind of like, yo, like, this is getting confusing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Courage to strengthen, fire to bind, music to daze. Okay. I love it. It should be music to dazzle, but it anyways. should be. Oh my gosh! Yes, to give them the old razzle dazzle. Yes, I think that's that, what it should be from now on. That's my lifelong dream to show up to the fin and give them the old razzle dazzle. Isn't that <laughs> like you in imagine? Chicago? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just picturing like showing up with a skateboard and a saxophone and wheeling my way through the tower. And them running and screaming. Ah. 
Because one, I can't skateboard. That would be hilarious. And two, also cannot play the saxophone to make it ultra weird. But they won't know. Because do they even know what music sounds like? Because they can't hear it? I mean, the the sight alone to just make up for anything else. So you can play, quote unquote, to your heart's content. Okay. Mm -hmm. Give him the old Kenny G treatment. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) To people who are young and don't know what I'm talking about, I apologize. Right. Okay. I'm totally, I don't know where I'm at anymore. Sorry. Ah, no. We were talking about the Tower of Genji, and this is perfect. I love it. Yeah, there's a lot of info dumping this chapter, but... It really is. Like, I realized that we kind of... Like, there's the moment when Perrin first enters the dream and he sees... Like, he almost has foretelling dreams and he sees various people that are part of his traveling group. It's like a little flash of window pictures, I guess, in the sky. So many things yeah. just happen in the sky. I don't know. I don't think we need to go into all of them. Just like mentioning that it happened is probably plenty because there's so much else to talk about. And like the Tower of Genji, I have a question on this because when Perrin is chasing after Slayer, Slayer disappears at the Tower of Genji and Perrin Mm -hmm. cannot find a door and he's you know, looking all over it, and it's just this smooth tower. There's no way to get into this. And how does Slayer get into it? Hmm. I mean, he's there in the flesh. I feel like that would make it more difficult to get into that tower. I mean, maybe he reached that location and then just stepped out of the dream and was like, I'm out. Maybe he didn't even go into it. Because then how would he have gotten out? Mm-hmm. I'm very confused. That's a good question. Thanks. It's a good question. I, I don't know. I think it's whatever the answer is, it just has to be like a question of convenience. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it was just done this way because, because. it had to be. Mm-hmm. Like, we're just going to toss this in here. Like. Maybe it needed to be a location dangerous enough to bring Birgitta out of the shadows to talk to Perrin. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, I mean, that's exactly what I thought, too. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as I read this part, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. he needed to introduce Birgitta. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, obviously, she will play a part of the story, mm-hmm. so... Yeah. It would make sense bringing her in here. And of course, oh, this is hard to talk about without spoilers, but yeah. She knows what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. It's important. Mm-hmm. That is that. Yeah. And Hopper. <laughs> I love how Hopper is just chilling. Right. Like just laying there. Like I picture I picture Hopper laying like my dogs do when they do their senior portrait pose. Like one paw over the other and just like mm-hmm. Yeah. Very like a a bird flies overhead and they just kind of kinda, look up. Yeah. Like, yep, this yep. is the life. Mm-hmm. Loving Love this. the grass. Yeah. 
And Perrin's like, didn't you see her? Didn't you see who I was just talking to? And Hopper's like, he says something like you were just talking to the wind. And I'm like, wow, you were so polite to just sit and chill while Perrin talked to nothing. Can you imagine he was like, this is boring. Right? Like, that's actually Jesus. why he's laying down. He's like, uh-oh, poor guy has lost yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just wait until I'm acknowledged again. That's kind of what he does. But yeah, Brigida gives him a warning. He's like, you can't go in there. And then she's like, oh, wait, I know why I approached you. You're Taviran. Oh, that Taviran. Battle Taviran pull. Right. Yeah, I think that oh, going back to the television show. Mm-hmm. Please. After talking with Laura last week, mm-hmm. I have confirmed my ideas on some of the things maybe needing a little extra attention mm. to. Okay. Okay, I don't think that it, it's so central to the story that it really needs to be that important. But, like, what time we are in, like, mm-hmm. where is this taking place? When is this taking place? Mm-hmm. It could be our timeline, but way, way in the future. Mm-hmm. And that's usually the way that I see things. Maybe some people have a different observation, but I mean, Robert Jordan's talking about the Cold War mm-hmm. in the history of the Wheel of Time. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a huge leap to make. Right. She didn't pick up on that, which is totally fine because it's one season. They can't spend a ton of time mm-hmm. giving you the absolute massive amount of history that is dumped into the story. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> right. I think there are some things like Taviran that are really important because especially with a television audience who has not read the books, mm-hmm. they're going to be like, oh my God, these people have the most ridiculous amount of plot armor ever. Mm-hmm. It's unrealistic. Mm-hmm. But Taviran is the answer to the... I guess, like, dislike of plot armor because it is the in-world built-in plot armor. <laughs> like, it's yeah, yeah, part of the magic system almost. Yeah. So I think that's really, I don't know if it's creative or just funny mm-hmm. and, like, interesting, but I would love to have more attention to that in the TV show. Mm-hmm. It just, I don't know. I don't know. I. There's not enough time and and topic. Sad, Amber. <laughs> well, I guess it's a good thing that we get to talk to each other about it then. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But I really didn't have much about this chapter except yay Brigida, mm-hmm. yay Geidel Kane, and that happened. Yeah, and I mean, really, that's kind of the wrap-up for the chapter, too. Like, he and Hopper say goodbye to each other, he wakes up, and then lets Gall know that he's going to take over the night guard for a while and sits and wonders about who the heck is the Slayer guy. And that's that. Yeah. Chapter 29, Homecoming? Mm-hmm. Chapter 29, Homecoming. After traveling down from the mountains and finding the Althor farm burned and empty, Perrin's fears of being too late to help his family grow. 
he and Gall take an early departure from the other traveling party and head into Emmonsfield on their own. The Wine Spring Inn is Perrin's first stop for news, and none of it is good. Yeah, so quick yeah. thing. I don't remember if it was, I think it was last chapter, Perrin noticed someone shooting hawks out of the air. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was also very strange. Mm-hmm. So that's, put that in the side of your, you know, put that in the side of your mind because it'll your come back. palace. Yeah. Your mind palace department for all things Wheel of Time. It has to have its own department. This is a big, <laughs> this is a big series. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Perrin and Gull sneak off in the night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And leave Fael and Thane and Chiad behind. Mm-hmm. You know they're going to catch up. Not a big deal. But yeah, they kind of slowly make their way cutting through, going in a way to get to town without cutting right through it. So they're being yeah. sneaky. Obviously, mm-hmm. don't want to be seen. Mm-hmm. They pass the Althor farm. It mm-hmm. is burnt down. There's no mm-hmm. bodies. Good thing because mm-hmm. we need Tam. We, we love need Tam. Tam. Mm-hmm. And then they eventually make it to the wine spring. And this mm-hmm. is hard for me. <laughs> so I absolutely adore the meeting of Marin Alvier and Gaul, the Aielman, because it is the most heartfelt, heartwarming, I don't know what, I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Him saying his Aiel words to her mm. and calling her roof mistress right. kills me, kills me. I teared up at that. I don't know why. And then he produces gifts for her of right. gold, things that he's looted from the Stone of Tear. Right. And I can just see Marin Alvier like playing it off, like, oh, this is a lovely oh. gift. Thank mm. you. But like turning her head and her eyes are popping out of her skull. Like, right. this is a solid gold. Solid. In my head, I hear Matt like counting off how many farms he could buy in the two rivers with the gift that Gaul just handed to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To Mistress Alvier. The roof mistress of the wine spring in. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I, just, I just love it so much. He's like, you know, he, he asks leave to defend her roof yes. and hold. Yes. And I'm just like, my yes. heart, I love it yes. so much. In my head, like, I see, like, if she had been like, yes, of course, please do so. I could see Gull just, like, taking off and, like, either, like, sitting on their front porch or sitting on a roof to their front porch or something, just hanging out, literally defending her hold, like, mm-hmm. he would but do it. But this is what he's there to do. I yeah. mean, Perrin has brought him back to the rivers for the support that he needs of defending mm-hmm. it from the White Cloaks. Yeah. Now, obviously, Perrin didn't know about Pot on Fane being there and the right. Trollocs and Shadowspawn. This is just mm-hmm. an added bonus on top of <laughs> the White Cloaks. Hooray! Thankfully, Gaul is here. And no Bane kidding. and Chiad. Yeah. And Loyal. And Loyal. Loyal was doing his own amount of ripping it up when the Trollocs were attacking them in the ways. He's a warrior. He is. A little nod to him. I love it. Yeah. So we have a amazing string mm-hmm. of insults <laughs> aimed at Perrin when Fael shows up because... 
Perrin is ready to turn himself in to the White Cloaks Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. killing White Cloaks. And Mm -hmm. he explains the situation. Marin and Bran Alvier obviously know everything that's going on because the White Cloaks are going to White Cloak and they've been searching (laughs) for Perrin. And Fael's obviously upset. She does not want Perrin to turn himself in. It's a stupid Uh thing to do. He's an owl-brained lummox. He's goose-brained. All of that. Big dummy. And then Marin, again, absolutely warms my heart. By yep. saying, would you introduce me to this young woman who thinks so highly, so of, highly you? of you? And I'm like, I love them. <laughs> I love them so much. Um, and then we get to the really, really sad part. And it sucks. Oh, but before we get to the really sad part, I forgot that Bane and Chiad also produce mm-hmm. golden bowls and pepper mills as guest guest as guest gifts to the Alviers, right. which yes. is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. Yep. Now they have a matching set. <laughs> and they could buy so many farms. Yeah. I, I love how smoothly she takes it and the way that Robert Jordan writes this. <laughs> Marin Alvier is my mother-in-law. That's her. <laughs> Just making everyone Amazing at home. Woman. Mm-hmm. Like, let me... Let me get you some snacks. Let's have some drinks. Like, you look fantastic. Your hair, so shiny. Feeling okay? Can I get you anything? Yeah. So, we know something's up when Bran brings out a big glass full of brandy and Mm. wants Perrin to drink it. Mm -hmm. And we learn that parents not just his immediate family but his entire family has been killed by trollocs and pot on fane is with the white cloaks mm-hmm. and the white cloaks are defending i'm doing air quotes here mm-hmm. defending emmons field mm-hmm. but they have mm-hmm. taken <laughs> the cawthon family yep as prisoners Mm-hmm. Luckily, Abel Cawthon and Tam Althor have gotten away. Mm-hmm. They're on the run in mm-hmm. the woods, so they're hiding out there. And mm-hmm. I guess that's the only good thing about this whole entire conversation. There's a little bit of hope, you know, that some people got away. So mm-hmm. Perrin is kind of putting things together in his head like what am I gonna do next how are we gonna go about Mm -hmm. defending this town if he's not gonna turn himself in what can he do and he needs to start his own little army pretty Mm -hmm. much yeah he jumps into almost a deflective mode like the news of what's happened to his family hits him and he starts taking in other bits of information and putting other things together and just kind of like, I mean, it's a shock response. You can't hear something like that without being like shocked. And I think too, it's, I mean, the nature of loss. Mm -hmm. I, I know that in this series so often characters stay strong because they have to protect someone else. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a very human thing to do. Mm -hmm. It's like 
Some people can have crippling anxiety and won't call the waiter over for an extra ketchup packet. But if you're with your friend and your friend is like, I wish I had some ketchup, you'd be like, Mm -hmm. oh, let me flag someone down. You know, like it's just that weird, innate response of being like the people I care about, I can I can move forward Mm -hmm. to help them Mm -hmm. in any way that I can. But Mm -hmm. he doesn't realize it until Fail like brings him in mm-hmm. and he just he cries it out and i love that mm-hmm. she's you know she's like get it out of your system do not hold on to this it'll poison you mm-hmm. you have to have your grief you have to let it go like yeah give your grief to me and i mm-hmm. i really love this part about fail i know people can't stand her but i think this was a really great chapter for her because it's so true. You can't let that fester inside of you. Mm-hmm. I actually feel as though these are areas that the TV show could use for continuing a platonic relationship with Perrin and Fail if they have met each other at this point, but one that like helps build a foundation of trust for the relationship they take on later in the series. Agreed. Yeah, there's so... And I mean, he still has probably... Like, if he's coming back to the Two Rivers and he's getting all this information, unless he's done something to kind of process through the grief that he's had from Layla's death, he may still be needing to grieve that out too. And if we get a Fayil that's like, it's okay for you to do that, and I'm here for you. Like, Yeah, I could imagine if they're not going to have him in the TV show having a family, like Mm -hmm. grieving that, Mm -hmm. we could have him coming back and just, I don't know, seeing the ashes of their home, his forge, maybe. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. Another surprising, I guess not really surprising thing, but I guess I liked the input from Bane and Chiad because they so rarely say anything <laughs> ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she has, I think it's Bane has these words where she says, you're asking a lion to protect you from wolves. Uh-huh. And she's kind of explaining, you know, this situation isn't right. Like, you're Mm -hmm. saying that the White Cloaks are protecting you, but they're, you know, not good. They're... Yeah, they're brutalizing you. They're not here to help. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're taking your loved ones prisoners. Yeah. There isn't isn't freedom and protection in that. Yeah, it's just, this whole chapter is so... It's so intense. It's so intense. Mm -hmm. I can remember after losing someone close to me, Mm -hmm. someone like feeding me upon like it just happening and finding out like this person died and them like giving me food and me just sitting there like blank eating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I don't even, I remember exactly where I was sitting, exactly what I was eating but I was, mm-hmm. like, in a daze. And so when we have Perrin, like, holding his drink and drinking mm-hmm. it and being told his entire family is dead, it's like, wow. Like, and crushing. Like, like, crushing. Crushing the cup he's holding. 
yeah. and like trying to like yeah. pull it back out because he's like he keeps hesitating and grabbing for his axe and yeah. it's you can tell like there's so many emotions and it's done so well here. It is just done so well. I mean, the writing mm-hmm. in this chapter, it's sad, yeah, but I think it's mm-hmm. really masterful in the way that we're talking about the reaction to grief and mm-hmm. loyal commenting that parents' dead fam parents' dead family is buried under these apple trees and loyal's like, mm-hmm. I'll go sing to the trees <laughs> and Perrin's going through all the things in his head, like, oh, my sisters used to wear the apple blossoms in their hair, and right. my my brothers used to climb in those trees, and I'm just like, oh, my God, kill me. Right. It's too much. It's too much. Too, too much. much. But what a, I mean, what a beautiful funeral custom to have an ogier come grow things on your grave. It's beautiful. I, I love, love it. it. It's just... I really, I, I don't know what they're going to do with the TV show. I don't mm-hmm. know if they don't do this. It's it's not going to hit as hard. And mm-hmm. I just. Ugh. I mean, the the I loss is what changes Perrin's entire trajectory once he arrives in the two rivers. Like he's planning on surrendering himself to the white cloaks and. There's no reason for him to now. In fact, now there's more of a reason for him to not do that because... To stay and fight. Yeah. And so, like, you, I just... You can, I'm stuttering. I don't even know how they would pull that together for his storyline if this part was left out. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, seriously, if we're coming back to the two rivers, too, like thinking about it from the show perspective, like Abel Cawthon in the show, like the beginning of it, I mean, <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, so kind of a slime ball. And not like the he, Abel Cawthon. A straight up slime ball. Like, yeah. Yeah, I I was be- I guess I was straight being up a kind. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, straight yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. Yikes! What a what a guy. Eesh. So we don't get like the Abel Cawthon, who's like an excellent horse trader and whatever else it is. He's great with the quarter staff. Like people respect him. Blah blah blah. Like we don't get that guy in the TV show. Will this be his like? moment of redemption like his wife and his daughters are kidnapped and he's on Here's the run the with tam yeah give me give me the thing i want to know there is not enough time to be focusing <laughs> on a redemption art for abel coffin there is not enough time for that it would be stupid dumb you're right but i don't i mean it could they'll probably brief. do it they're it, probably gonna do that yeah but. i mean it would be so much more rewarding, I think, if it was like, these are the people we can trust and rely on. Mm-hmm. Not like, oh, like the philanderer had a change of heart and now he's a good guy. <laughs> it's just, it, I don't know. I, Maybe I really it doesn't think... have to be full redemption. You know, like he's not like a shiny new human being after this. Yeah, he could be, maybe the, he'll go out in flames of glory. I don't know. Maybe. 
Here's the thing. There are so many things about the television shows that I think they have done so well at. Like, uh-huh. some of the dialogue has been amazing. There have been things that they have done that has just humanized characters incredibly. Like, I'm yeah. looking at characters that I didn't even really like and then watching them in the show and I'm like, ugh, chef's kiss. Great. Mwah. Right, yeah. But. But. Layla and Perrin, I just think that it is going to cause so many problems if they want this scene to have impact. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we haven't even met Perrin's family because they focused Mm -hmm. on him killing his wife. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I don't know. This is such a gut punch. Mm -hmm. and. I'm sorry, but him killing his wife, like, she was cool. She was probably one of the coolest characters to get introduced and then kill her five minutes later. Right, yeah. Sucks because she had potential as, like, this awesome character. But was it needed? Maybe not. This, this is, I feel this so much more. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why, but that's how it is. It's written really well. We do get these moments with Perrin leading up to his arrival in Two Rivers of his family and why he's going back. Like, it's not heavily dumped in, but it's enough in there that we, like, recognize what his attachment is, what he's going back to do, why this is so important to him. And then to have this that. This chapter is perfection. It's mm-hmm. perfection. Mm-hmm. Literary perfection. Mm-hmm. It is. Put it. Put it on a pedestal. Oh. Yeah, it's that it's good. good. It's yeah. just that good. And I know Rafe Judkins is like a very character-focused mm-hmm. writer. From mm-hmm. what he says, that's, mm-hmm. I think, how he sees himself. Yeah. So if this gets moved or switched, I think a lot of people mm-hmm. are going to be upset about that. Mm-hmm. But I think, too, it's only going to be people, obviously, who have read the books. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. yeah, there's probably more people who watched the show that haven't read the books than have. So, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess I can hold this chapter close to my heart and know that it's here. And if it doesn't Aww. go this way in the show, <laughs> I'll let it you fly. Have- you know, like, if you, if you love it, let it fly. Yeah. However the saying goes. But- <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if you now love I'm it. Now I'm just thinking of like Hannibal Lecter. I'm just thinking of Hannibal Lecter. Fly, fly, fly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, there's, uh, I have so much trepidation around mm-hmm. like. I do too. Chapter really, I, in I, particular. I worry about parents' storyline for the TV show. Same, same, same. I, I feel like the whole. Him being married, murdering his wife was just, it was not necessary at all. Like, I know they're aging up our characters, but they're still rather young men, right? Like, why are they getting, I mean, I guess that's what you do, maybe. I don't know. But they didn't, he didn't need to be married. He just didn't need it. He didn't need it. He could have killed anybody and been heartbroken. It's fucking Perrin. He's like the most tender hearted introspective character we have among the three boys from 
the two rivers. He could have killed anyone, and it would have shook him hard. Why his wife? I don't know. I'm assuming that they really needed something Mm -hmm. to connect his character to, because in season one, we're focusing mainly on the women, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Egwene... She's going to become an Aes Sedai. We learn she can channel. That's mm-hmm. like, oh, damn, important. Yep. We see her being kidnapped, mm-hmm. taken by the White Cloaks, fighting her way out of that scenario. She has her little moment of whatever that is. Nynaeve, <laughs> we learn, yes, that moment, is like, yeah. <laughs> can channel like a mother. Like, right? In- Ugh, like damn she's got that whole thing going on but mm-hmm. the boys mm-hmm. matt's just kind of like yeah i'm here for comic relief super enjoyable character in my opinion mm-hmm. rand at the end we learn he is a dragon reborn so that's important he has his thing but perrin is just like i killed my wife it sucks. <laughs> like it's some wolves licked my leg yeah, out of mm. <laughs> all of mm. the characters, his suffered, I think, the most in the adaptation. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's bad that he mm-hmm. had a bad character or anything like that. I'm just saying compared to mm-hmm. the writing for mm-hmm. his counterparts, it kind of felt like they didn't really know what to do with him. Yeah. And then, of course, changes to the last three episodes probably perpetuated that even more. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Like, he, tough. Yeah, I, t- I tough totally agree to with you. on this. Yeah. His adaptation was and still is the most difficult one for me. Whenever I go back and start to rewatch the series, I always struggle with Perrin. And like, I love just, Marcus. He's absolutely. an absolute doll like he's delightful yeah does a great job i feel him i feel for him in his moments you know like he is authentic in his portrayal of what he's going through but i don't think like it's my it's my lack of believing the writing and feeling like that's where i want it to be that gives me my problem with perrin's character it has nothing to do with the acting yeah i think perrin we just need like a parent lover, <laughs> you yeah. know, like pulling for him. I, maybe season two is parent season. Maybe. You know what? I think it might be like, okay, so I know this sounds kind of silly, but and like the, the things that I've seen him in, wasn't he in the Comic-Con panel? Yes. He just seemed so much more confident and like, like he knew his place in the in the in the role more like in the way that he was talking about it and it got me really excited because I was like well maybe maybe that's an indication of like the time that they're going to give him as a character and how he's going to change like maybe that's what it is I mean maybe that's just me having ultimate wishful thinking but yeah no I agree I agree with you I think that considering where he left off in season one if he doesn't have some type of intense like focus in the next season Mm -hmm. he's got to be doing something yeah and i mean we've seen from the little teaser bits that Mm -hmm. he's traveling with the faldaran Mm -hmm. so that's 
I mean, obviously, automatically cool. Right. <laughs> so instant good for swagger. Him. I love it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's gonna fight a grom. Ooh. Karen, fight a grom. Yeah. I'd watch it. If you like what you hear, rate and review us anywhere you listen to the podcast. This helps new listeners find the show. This podcast is brought to you by you. If you'd like to fund the show and receive cool stuff while doing it, check out The Road to Tarvalin on Patreon. All tiers can join us weekly for live recordings on our Discord server. Lastly, our Wheel of Time shop has a new web address and international shipping is finally live. Find all the links in our show notes and thanks for listening and joining us on the road to Tarvalin. Okay, let's finish okay. this up because we're <laughs> at an hour. Okay. Oh gosh, and spoilers for this are like... Okay, so this chapter wraps up with him crying on Fayil. Crying. Right? Okay, yeah. So then yeah. chapter 30 is... Oh, also, we hear that there's a man named Lord Luke who's a real hunter of the horn and a very fine gentleman there in the Two Rivers as well. From Marin's reaction, a little hunky, too, it sounds like. So chapter 30 is Beyond the Oak. Cathartic crying and the news of what happened to the Ibarra family brings Perrin and Fayil together again. Although there is nothing he can do for his family, Matt's family, Rand's da, and the Luhans are still in danger. Perrin has made promises to his friends that he will also look after their family's safety and a plan needs to be made that will keep him safely out of the hands of the White Cloaks. Marin Alvier takes the lead on finding a place to hide the newcomers, a place where she's already hiding other visitors to the Two Rivers. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Marin Alvier, yeah. what have you been up to? <laughs> First off, I love the idea of Loyal sitting in the kitchen drinking oh my out of God. a bowl because she didn't have any of the cups that were big enough. So cute. Uh, the description of the two of them like looking at each other and like just always being a little startled by the other person just is like, mm-hmm. it's so endearing. It's so endearing. I love that moment. Ah, Loyal. It's just so cute, his ears mm-hmm. twitching violently. <laughs> right? Like, so much emotion through the ears, through the ears. Poor Loyal. He's like, if they keep this up, they're both going to go to bed with the shakes. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I jumped ahead. This, mm. the apple blossom part is Ugh. this chapter. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, it's all right. Mm-hmm. We learned that Zen Bowie is someone that they need to hide from because yeah. it's Zen Bowie and he's a can- cantankerous old McGrudge. I don't know. Curmudgeon. He's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's ready to like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. send off alarm bells at the sight of first loyal. And then he sees Marin <laughs> and Marin Alvier just gives him Probably the sternest talking to of any character in yep. any book of any chapter of the Wheel of Time, and <laughs> I love it. It is I really it. good. Mm-hmm. This is women's circle business, and if you don't think mm-hmm. it is, <clears throat> and we yeah. learn that Days Conger is the new wisdom. Wisdom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Forgot about that. Yeah. So. Marin leads our party to the old sick house, which is way out in the woods. 
She makes sure to tell Bran, like, do not mention the sick house at all. And Bran's like, what do you think? I'm a dummy? And she's like, oh, the shoe fits. <laughs> but I actually love that. Like, she's, a, she's like, I know you aren't, dear. And she pats, she pats him on the cheek. And she's just, like, totally distracted. Like, just, this is lip service. <laughs> That's all that is. <laughs> uh, so... Very interesting. I love how this chapter ends. It was so hard not to keep going, but right, they make it out to the woods, and then <laughs> the Aiel start to kind of tense up, right? And two warders appear in front of them with their bows drawn, what? and Perrin's like. <laughs> What the hell, Marin? Why didn't you tell me there's ice that I hear? And she's like, uh, oh, made a uh, promise. Sorry. Right. She was and like, I wasn't lying whole... when I said women circle business. Yeah. <laughs> tell yeah. Truth. And this whole meeting is so funny because they're like, an Ogier, an Aiel, Warders. Right. What? Who? What? Oh, my. And they're all looking at each other. And <laughs> it's hilarious. It's so good. And so we meet Tomas uh, and Ivan. Ivan. So mm-hmm. we know who they are warders too. Okay. Tracy. Oh. Don't spoil it. Oh, I'm sorry. No one is there. No one, no one good is there. Nothing bad has happened. So yeah, anyways. <laughs> well, no. Okay. We've, we've talked about Tomas earlier. He was in... Uh-huh earlier books so mm-hmm. we know that tomas is here in the two rivers which means mm-hmm. varen is here bum, bum, bum. i mm. love her in this book probably my favorite yeah she is subtle and entertaining for me i like it yeah mm-hmm. would have been funny to get this whole meeting of all of these different characters in this one place from like the perspective of loyal or I don't mm-hmm. know, Marin, but mm-hmm. ah, whatever. It was fun. Mm-hmm. I like how Marin's like trying to disguise loyal as they leave the oh, the wine spring. She's like, maybe so someone will just mistake you for a really tall man. Like, <laughs> well, Perrin was saying how he was hoping that from afar it just looked like a man on his horse and a bunch of children. Right. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, wishful that's hopeful. thinking. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean maybe. Your eyes can play tricks on you, I guess, sure. if you're that far away. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think Marin was like, people will convince themselves that they saw something that they didn't see just to like keep a peace of mind, kind of intention i guess i don't know i mean it has merit and i guess it works but i just think it's a really fun little thing to like throw in there like how do you how do you hide in no gear it's a little challenging yeah but i i wouldn't travel without him he's so handy well you're so handy so is there anything on this chapter that you wanted to say or should we say spoilers because we're getting pretty yeah let's let's just recording yeah Let's do a few spoilers. Do you have a spot you want to start in? First off, Slayer. Hate him. Don't care about his story. Really don't care about his story. It goes on forever. Wish he died in this book. Yeah. 
dragging out his storyline as far as it is is a little ridiculous and unnecessary. I mean, yeah. A few moments later. I'm trying to think of like, I think the only potentially pivotal moment that is assisted by Slayer's presence is when they're rampaging through Teleron Riot and Perrin encounters Egwene. Isn't that when he's like, it's just a weave? And she's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. See, okay, there's that. Yeah. But I thought that the whole point of Slayer was that he was like the middle boss in Teleron Riode before Perrin takes out Lanfear, who was like the big boss for him. Mm -hmm. So like he needed to be good in Teleron Riode to take out Slayer mm -hmm. so that he can take out his next opponent, which in the end is Lanfear. But mm -hmm. recently we have been told that Lanfear lives. I'm not really a fan of that, and it's not, like, written, like, the words, there are no words on the page of, like, <laughs> of Lanfear uh -huh. being anywhere around, so I'm going to kind of just take that as mm -hmm. didn't happen, putting yeah. my fingers in my ears, no, 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 I can't hear you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I said this on Discord, but mm -hmm. if by some miracle, we ended up with these outrigger novels in our hands. Yeah, sure, why not? But that's not happening. So saying that she lives is like putting glitter on a pimple. I don't, it's, <laughs> it doesn't. Yuck. Why change what I'm looking at here? Like, why? why There's no point. Why try and fancy that up? Yeah. There, it, it ended. Yeah. We don't need, we don't, not everything Death, needs it to be continued. Right. Deaths happen. Let it just end. What's the point of continuing a land for your storyline? What's the point? So that the 15 year olds who read the story when they were 15 <laughs> get to keep her. have to mourn the loss of their favorite, their favorite babe, their favorite predator. <sighs> That's a good way of putting it. Lanfia. Yeah. Do you remember the what was her name? Hmm. <laughs> oh, why can't I think of it? Mary Kay Letourneau from the nineties, the woman who seduced her her student. Do you remember that? Do you remember her? I remember the story. Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. Okay, I just remember in the media, like in the nineties, the way that it was described was obviously very, very different than mm -hmm. it would be described now mm -hmm. because they're making it sound like this romantic tryst between right, student yeah. and teacher. They but couldn't help themselves. Right, right. He was like 12. Okay? Right. That's what I think of whenever I think of Lanfear, like running after this teenage boy where I'm just right. like, ick, eh, uh, no, no, yeah. mm -mm, uh -uh. You are how old, Lanfear? Hundreds. Yeah. Maybe even thousands. Are we counting the time that she was entombed? Asleep? It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But she was still hundreds of years old when that happened though. It's just so weird. It's so weird. And I get it. I get I, people okay. like her because she's hot, but I like our idea. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. I am I am frustrated with it as well. Like I'm I'm flashing back to like her encounter with 
Rand and like the mirror world, whatever it is. And she's like just wearing his shirt and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know what? Why not put her in like a fancy ass palace in some stately, elegant clothing? She can still be stunning, but make her a woman. If she's going to take on a role for Rand, I'd rather her be like some sort of weird like patroness with like, uncomfortable sexual undertones i'd prefer that than like the i'm 16 (laughs) yeah yeah shut up (laughs) it is not necessary it's so not necessary this was written a different time i get it it's cool i'm not yeah i'm not like blasting (laughs) maybe i am a little bit but like it's okay it's okay do a little blasting it's cool lanfear sucks and i'm Sorry to people who like her, but this whole like I just th- I think Lanfear was actually a good person. She just really wanted to be in power with Rand, <laughs> her best man by her side doing the thing. Hashtag life goals. No, <laughs> like that is not Lanfear. She's evil, mm-hmm. and she's a predator, and she likes like, young boys, and that ain't okay. Mm-mm. So, it's real um, uncomfortable. Like yeah. when I was younger, reading it, it it had an entirely different feel to it. Like it was easier for me to relate to, in some ways, a younger version of Lanfear. Yeah, but it was also the '90s, so exactly like, that exactly. line of thinking was kind of different yes exactly like that's that's just it is like it was written for the time period and the the line of thinking like so much of what jordan does is progressive for the 90s you know but like from where we are now like some situations are just straight up ick and it's okay to talk about it Well, Lanfear gets a big ick from me. That's why I would wish that she would stay dead. I yeah. don't need her gallivanting She'd already across been the world. Reincarnated once. She was already right? her it's... second version. Right. <laughs> and then on top of that, hadn't she been fed on by the Finn? So yeah. like what's her power level now? Like Yeah. Has to be greatly reduced. Nynaeve has to be well way stronger than her by oh, now. Oh yeah. 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 And What's some she of the other do? Forsaken. What's she going to do? Mogideon lived. That was enough. She's the real Forsaken queen. Yeah. Lanfear sucks. Yeah. That's how I feel about that. I'm with you. I'm with you. Best like, Forsaken. I... <laughs> I hadn't really thought about Lanfear that way until, you know, you started pulling her apart for me. And I really appreciate that. I definitely just... uh. I'm fine with her being done. I I really am. I, I bet she What's probably she was do? too. Go chasing, chasing fake Rand, Morden Rand around right. the world. Like, fake Morden, like, fake Rand, fake Lanfear. Yeah, take me out on a date. Like no, no, stop no. doing that. It is. I mean, I don't. I don't think that you should have to work that hard to get someone's attention and if you are i think i think the message is pretty clear that they're just they're just not that into you 
just not. Yeah, just give it up, just man. Take no. It's okay. Here's the here's the outrigger novel of Lanfear that would Ooh. be the only thing that would be good is she just Ooh. fucking gets over it and just lives her life doing something monotonous and boring. That's it. <laughs> she grows roses. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Gets a little plot next to Van Dien and Adelaide's place. Eats a hamburger, gains a little bit of weight. Yeah. Becomes like it. a real woman and not yeah. like this imaginary, perfect looking. Yeah. I don't know what. Yeah. Unrelatable, Lanfear. Yeah. Unrelatable. You know what? It's why like, it's... No, go ahead. Sorry. It's just kind of perpetuating this, like, the perfect woman stereotype. Ooh, yeah. You have to be mm-hmm. tall and thin and milky mm-hmm. white hair. And that's why dudes are like, oh, I fucking love Lanfear because mm-hmm. of how she's described. <laughs> but you know what? Mm-hmm. Nah. I'm over it. <laughs> don't care. And rant. I'm sorry. I need to eat. I'm hangry. I, you know what? I'm with you. So it's, you know, I appreciated your rant. Thank you. You're For welcome. People listening, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll snack before mm-hmm. I record <laughs> next time. I don't know. I appreciate your perspective. So I don't even feel like you need to give us an apology. I think the, the last and only thing I just want to brush on real quick because I'm, I know we're running on our time limit, is there's Black Aja in the Two Rivers and how Varen is like the Black Aja observer, the chronicler. Like, she just so often is just, like, taking notes and looking at things and interjecting a couple words here and a couple words there. Like, Which Black Aja is in the Two Rivers? Oh, Varen. Oh, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I thought like I thought you meant like a real black Aja. Oh, a... <laughs> the faux black Aja is in in the two rivers, doing her observing. Got it. Got it. Yeah, yeah. I think in some ways it's kind of fun knowing that Varen is black Aja because then like looking at her behavior and what she does just makes her kind of extra clever to me. So. I don't know. I have an appreciation for Vera, and it runs deep. Yeah, yeah. I think she was in the Two River. I don't know. That we'll save this for next week because mm-hmm. this this always scared the crap out of me. Where I was like, I don't trust this woman, and she's coming and taking all these girls out of the Two Rivers. I don't like this. I don't trust it. Because if she really mm-hmm. was on some shady Black Aja business, mm-hmm. there goes. Like a whole wealth of channelers. Yep. Yep. Out of exactly. the picture for the mm-hmm. White Tower. Yeah. Dwindling. Maybe it's maybe it's her. Maybe it's her fault. Moraine. Maybe it's Varen. I don't know. Dwindling numbers. Varen's going to towns, collecting female channelers, and just throwing them off of a cliff. <laughs> just keep going. It's okay. It's okay. Just those keep are the going. reprehensible things that she says that she's she's sorry for. Yeah. A spinoff story on Varen would be delightful, I feel like. I feel like there's so many things you could write about her, and it would just be really fun. All right. Are we good? I'm, I'm great. I'm great. How about okay. you? Well, I'm going to click end. 
Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content. Correct us. Send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week, thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin.